full sheet, but um, I'm going to talk to you about His Heart Missions. Most of you know that I'm the director uh, of His Heart Missions, but for some guests, I thought I'd clear it up. And um, we're all about intimacy with the Lord and letting the Lord tell us what He wants us to do and then responding to Him. And currently, He's allowed us to respond to Him in a number of ways. Right now, we have active works going on in eight different nations. And we've identified um, a number of different kinds of ministries that He's invited us to do over the years. And I don't even have time to talk about all these. But this morning, I want to talk about one specific thing, one, one specific ministry, and one project that we have going in the training and equipping ministries that we have going uh, with His Heart Missions. And then invite you to come and participate with us in that. Um, while we, we lived for seven years, Kathy and I lived for seven years. You see Venus in there. She was in, in on this photo. This was in Corrientes, Argentina. Um, while we were ministering in churches and conferences uh, in Argentina and Paraguay, a burden began to be uh, birthed in our hearts. Um, as, as we would go around from church to church and you know, I could put up, you know, tons of pictures of different meetings and different churches and one thing or another. But the thing that we discovered was that young people throughout Argentina and Paraguay, typically about 25 to 50 percent of all youth in these nations who've experienced a wave of revival over the past 10 to 20 years, about 25 to 50 percent of the youth that I have known want to be missionaries. They have this desire to, to preach the gospel in other nations. But very, very few of these uh, kids ever get to go. And so I'm connected with, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and 100 different churches in northern Argentina and, and Paraguay where I know tons of kids who want to be missionaries. But so very few of them ever get to go. We, in the United States, we have lots of missionary opportunities. We have short-term trips. We have groups like Teen Mania and Youth with a Mission. But there are very few vehicles for young people in Latin America to actually get out there and do the work of the kingdom. But these are real quality people. This is the youth group. This is, now, look at this. This is only part of the youth group. You see one old gringo with his arm up back in there. But... but um, this is in a church where the youth represent about 75% of the congregation. Now, this group here posing for the photo are the youth in this group who want to come to the event I'm going to tell you about in July. They're all interested in being students at the new His Heart Missions uh, Missionary Training Center that, that we're uh, working on. And that's why... Nova and Luis are moving to Argentina in June. They're going to be the directors of the mission base in Argentina. Um, now, these kids are not just, um, you know, sort of insincere, you know, just wanting to be excited. There, there's some quality kids involved. Some of you know these kids here. The girl over there on the left is Luis's cousin and then his sister. Uh, the girl on the right 
is Andrea Gonzalez. I believe that we are going to place her as a missionary in India within about a year and a half. When she finishes her degree in architecture, we've already got an opportunity to get her a job as an architect in India. And so the Lord is just really responding, and they all want to be students at the His Heart Mission Training Center because they really believe that His Heart Missions is a vehicle that's going to help them get out to the nations. Now, we've got some some real specific goals uh, that we want to do. We want to develop a missionary training program. It'll be a two-year course of study to prepare and equip and help send out Latin American youth to the nations. We're also going to have a missionary internship program where um, people from the United States who feel called to missions, especially in Latin America, can come and participate from six months to a year in an internship program at the center where they'll be serving side by side with Argentine and Paraguayan missionary candidates going out into the field, holding special meetings. And, um, and so we'll have uh, an internship program. And we're also going to offer several times each year uh, short-term mission opportunities so that people can go from here in the States down to Argentina. Those that can't leave their jobs and dedicate themselves full-time to missions can come for a couple of weeks or six weeks or eight weeks, several times during the year, and be involved in real kingdom purposes. Now, one of the cool things about the region where we're at down there is in and around the Resistencia area, you've got large cities. Resistencia is a provincial capital. There's 250,000, 300,000 people in the town. There are other cities where we have connections with churches. So there's ministry opportunities in urban areas. We also know little small churches that you, I mean, you're really going out into the boonies to get there. A little town of 400 people where 100 people go to the little church that we, we've preached in before, like 25% of the town go to this, the only church in town, you know. So there's opportunity to minister there. There's also opportunity among the Native American population, the Wichi and the Toba tribes, some of the least evangelized Native American tribes in South America are uh, in the region of the Chaco. So it's a, it would be a great training ground for missionaries. Um, now, many of you know that in uh, July, we were given a piece of property. This is um, a picture, and this is basically how it was given to us. It's about a half of an acre lot downtown, exactly the geographical center of the town. If you measure the town north to south, east to west, boom, it falls right on this piece of property. Or, within, you know, within 100 yards or so, as close as we can do it. But... Um, but we were given this property. Actually, I paid 57 cents. Now, this is like having a half acre in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, with a building half built for 57 cents. Okay? And so the, you'll see to the left there is the main meeting room, and over to the right, we call it the L-Wing now because we can't figure out anything else to call it. There'll be a large classroom, offices, bathroom, and a kitchen area. Um, here is like a view of the interior of the meeting room. It's about 33 by 66. It's a little bit smaller than this room. We figure we can get about 220 
American-style seating people in there or 300 Argentine-style seating. Uh, you know, this is um, the construction getting started on the, the L-Wing. When we were down there in November, we were able to purchase these bricks. And right now, the walls are all the way up on the second floor are most nearly uh, finished. Luis's father is a civil engineer and a builder, and he's coordinating and helping with a construction project down there right now. The upstairs portion, uh, this is another view of the upstairs. This will be for staff housing and guest housing. So if you want to come down and, and bless the work there at the Missionary Training Center, this is where you'll be staying. We're going to have some dormitories there for people to come and visit us with. But um, we're going to take a short-term trip down to this site in June and July. Actually, you leave the last day of June, June the 30th, and uh, return July the 12th. And it'll be in Resistencia, Argentina, and it'll cost approximately $2,000. It's um, a little expensive because we're going to have to put people up in hotels, um, we're expecting around 250 people for the conference we're going to have. And we're limiting our number of North Americans. So if, if you're interested in going, you need to get an application and let me know pretty quick because it will close out just like the Alpha course, you know. Um, that'll include all of the stuff you need except basically pocket money. Now, uh, what we'll be doing is from July the 1st through the 3rd, we will have team training and orientation because everybody who is a participant in the conference is going to be part of a ministry team. We're going to divide up into ministry teams. And we're identifying local churches that we can serve. So we'll spend a couple of days getting our act together. And then July 4th through the 9th, these teams will be going out to various venues in the city. Some people will be going over and helping with a children's ministry. Another, peop uh, another group will be going and painting uh, a small church's uh, sanctuary that needs work on it. Um, it'll be service-oriented. We'll, we'll be serving the local congregations, okay? And then in the evening, all of the teams come back and we're going to have a conference where we're going to celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ. And we're also going to have it dedicated for intercessory prayer. Um, the purposes will be to, um, uh, of the trip will be to share Jesus Christ and what He's done uh, for us with others. It'll be to serve the local churches of Argentina through practical projects. And it'll also be to help establish this missionary training center. You know, there's going to be some work done. We're going to be helping Nova and Luis get installed in Resistencia. And we're going to say goodbye to my precious grandbaby, Victoria. She's moving to Argentina, and that hurts. I mean, that's a sacrifice. Um, but uh, the main purpose of the thing will be to seek God in worship and intercede before Him, uh, that He would raise up and train and equip and send out missionaries from the heart of South America to the nations. Other people who are wiser and have more resources than we have have tried to send out missionaries from South America to the nations before with very little success. So we absolutely must have the presence 
and the anointing and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit daily in this endeavor if we have any hope whatsoever of succeeding. Because I believe there's big resistance from the enemy. But in many nations, Latin American missionaries are received where North American missionaries can't even get a visa to go. And so for us to participate in enabling and training and sending these on-fire quality youth out to the nations is a high honor. You know, in, in Luke 10, verse 2, it says, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. And that's really what this trip is about. We're going to obey the Scriptures and pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up and equip and send out laborers to the nations. So if, you wanna, if you're interested in participating in this, uh, this trip with us and getting to see what kind of miraculous things that, that the Lord's going to do in Argentina this summer, uh, see me after church. Or if you don't catch me today, you can talk to Matthew Bollinger or Venus Painter in the, the church office. But you need to let me know soon. Okay? Thanks. Let's go ahead and just ask everybody to stand up. Remember, just ask the Lord to bless, Lord, any kind of missions or alpha course or anything that's that's in your heart to do, Lord. We want to see that and join you with you in it, Lord Jesus, and pray against any opposition uh, that would hinder your work uh, in our personal lives, in the life of this church, in the life of the people we're connected with, even in Argentina, Lord Jesus. We just ask you, Lord. Lord, we believe that you're... Uh, that you're, you're moving in the earth today. And, Father, we pray you'd open our eyes to see what you're doing and hear what you're doing. We'd hear your invitation to us on a personal level to join what you're doing. And, Lord, anybody in this room that's supposed to go down there that you're inviting, I pray they'd know it in their heart of hearts, God. And even if they don't see a way naturally, Lord, if you're saying go, there's always a way, Lord Jesus. And just pray that, Lord. Pray for courage, Lord. And, Anything that we do, Lord, it would be men and women and children and young people of courage, Lord. We wouldn't be afraid of the enemy's uh, lies and what the world tells us. And we just really love you, Lord, and we bless you. Lord, we just we cast ourselves at your feet this morning and say, You really are all that we need, Lord. You are, Lord Jesus. And apart from you, Lord, we really are dead branches. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Are y'all doing good? That's good. Um, why don't you open your Bible this morning to John 14. Everybody get enough snow? Oh, you want some more? No. A mixed, mixed opinion. I would like to thank Fran McCarran and Andrew and Stein and Philip Wicker for coming out here yesterday and fixing the parking lot. Amen. That parking lot, half of it is always in the shade. It never gets in the sun. But they came out here and worked like dogs. And I left. 
Philip called me, Dad, you've got to come up here. <laughs> Fran's going to get shovels. <laughs> Fran went and got a uh, bobcat. <laughs> I was glad to hear that. So, thank you, Lord. Uh, John 14, uh, let me just read verse 1 through 6. Again, I read this last week. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. Or I would have told you. No so on there. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. The way you know. Everybody say, the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, last week I talked to you, if you remember or if you don't remember, about Christ being the way. And, uh, you know, just to kind of give you a little refresher, we talked about the church... Is infatuation on how-to teachings. You know, how, we love how to do stuff. And uh, same question Thomas was basically asking there. And the Lord answered him by saying, I'm how you do it. I'm how you do it. And I think that's a revelation that, that God really wants to release to, to, to us is that, you know, it's not how you do stuff. He's how you do it. And, you know... That sounds sort of like, well, that's not practical, but it's very practical. It very much works in your life. My, I guess what my heart is, is I think a lot of the teachings and preachings, messages that we have in churches are just not working out there in the world. They're not work, they work on Sunday at church, but they don't work on, at Monday at work or, or Tuesday evening at home. And I think what God wants to do is release to us the ability to make His Word work in our life. I think a lot of people are disappointed. There was a guy, there's a guy named Roy Hesson. He's an he's a, a, um, English evangelist. And he, he had, I read this thing he said recently. He said, I've heard many sermons. Most of them are good advice, but not many are good news. He's heard a lot of good advice. I think lots of times we're guilty of preaching good advice. Um, but not preaching the good news. Because the, the good news is what's going to set people free. The good news is what's going to work. Right. It's going to work. It has to work. Because it's God's Word. And God's Word works. There's no question about that. Well, I gave you a few points last week. This microphone sounds really strange. Is it just up here it sounds strange? It's loud. It just sounds strange. Anyway, uh, the first point I gave you, which I want to just... Remind y'all that the way, the truth, and the life is a person. Okay? It's, it's not a method that, you know, the Lord Himself. And that's a revelation that, you know, only Christianity offers us a person. Where every other religion in the world, I don't care what religion it is, they offer you some method, some teaching, some te- technique to get you where you need to go. But Christianity really and truly, and at, at its essence, offers a person. Doesn't offer teachings, although there's teachings associated with this person. But we've got a person. We've got somebody that's going to do it for us and take us there. Amen? 
Number two, I told you the three come as a package. And, uh, you know, when Thomas asked the Lord, how, how do I know the way? The Lord said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, you cannot, and I, and, and I really want you to get this, this is what, you cannot separate the way from the truth or the way from life. They don't come as individual little deals. They come together, okay? And that's really important. And some of you are looking at me with frowns in your face. Uh, but it's like a balance that God has set forth in the spirit realm. It's, it's like the three, you know, three-fold cord is not easily broken. But if you try to just live your life, you know, Christ being the way, okay, apart from Christ the truth or apart from Christ the life, you're going to get off. You are going to get off and go down the wrong road. Because everybody's looking for the way. Every person on this earth. See, that's why people become Jehovah Witnesses. You know, they got a way. But they've separated the way from the truth. You see what I'm saying? They've separated the way from life. So if you're just looking for the way apart from the truth, you're going to really blow it. And, and same thing, the truth. If you're just a person who's just intent on truth, okay, you've got to have the truth, got to have the truth, got to be doctrinally correct, you're going to get off. You're going to be a Pharisee. That's what the Pharisees' problems in the Bible are, is they knew the truth. They preached the truth. They told the truth. But they were so far off from the truth, it was ridiculous. You see what I'm saying? You'll become very dogmatic in your life, and you will not have nothing really going for you. Nobody wants to hear it. You know, every, you, know you can tell somebody they're, they're a jerk all day long. They know they're jerks. They need, they need an answer for them being a jerk, you know. And, and same thing with life. Young people really fall prey to this. They want life, man. We've got to have life. We've got to have something that's real, something that's alive. We want that, right? But if you try to get life apart from truth, if you try to get life apart from, from Christ being the way, you, I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You'll get into lawlessness. That's what you'll do. You'll get into lawlessness because the truth and the way keeps you from stepping outside the boundaries that God has placed in our life. Amen? Y'all, are y'all with me on that? And then I talked about Christ being the way. All right, that was where I spoke to you last week. Christ as the way. In other words, the way we begin our Christian life is the way we live our Christian life. Now, this is important because I know a lot of people have even I was questioned about this. You mean to tell me as a Christian I do nothing? And I absolutely mean that. I absolutely mean as a Christian you do nothing outside of Christ. Outside of Christ. Anything you do outside of Christ is, is wood, hay, and stubble. Get this, get this message. Jesus himself said this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The church needs to get the revelation. Nothing. He didn't say you can do a few things. He said you can do nothing. So anything we do apart from or outside of Christ is wood, hay, and stubble. Are you with me on that? It's wood. So I'm saying, and I want to make it real clear, I'm saying as a Christian, anything you do apart from Christ is a waste of time. I don't care how good it is. You know, it can be good things. It can be good deeds. It's a waste because Jesus said it was a waste. He says it's no good. Now, Paul went on to say this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Christ, we can do whatever Christ wants us to do. But Christ himself is doing it in us and through us. You with me? And that's the truth of the Christian life. That's the way God has designed us to live, just like he saved us. How many people in this room got saved because you did something? You did nothing except believe it and accept it. Confess it. That's how, you know... And that's the way we're supposed to live our Christian life. And that's the way we don't live our Christian life. So Christ being the way. Okay, now I want to talk to you about Christ being the truth. Because if all you have got is Christ being the way, 
eventually it's, it's not going to it's not going to work for you. Let me just tell you that right now. I can promise you that it's not going to work. I want to talk to you a little bit about Christ being the truth. Uh, y'all with me? Turn to John one. Let's read John verse fourteen. John John one verse fourteen. And this is one of the like beloved verses in the Bible. If you you know been a Christian for any period of time, um, you're going to know this verse. And it's, it's a verse that everybody loves and everybody should love. And while we're turning around, let me just say this. At the end of the service today, I would like for any woman who is expecting a baby to come up for prayer. Okay? Any woman. And your husband can come with you. But I had a dream last night about women expecting babies in the church that we were supposed to pray for them. And I forgot about it until just now. So I saw Jessica over there. I know she's going to have a baby. And Nova's going to have one, and Carrie Murph, and Chrissy, who just left, and Kim Link. Man, there's all kinds of babies. And what we want to do, here's how we want to pray for them. I want the mamas to pray for them, young mamas, old mamas too, because they already had babies, so they know how all that deal works, you know. (laughs) That's really important, though. I don't usually have dreams about women in the church that are having babies. (laughs) All right, John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And the Lord is still flesh. He's still flesh in the sense that He's living through our flesh and blood bodies. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen? Full of grace and truth. Now, when I say grace, let me just give you a definition. Grace, grace is Christ being the way we live our Christian life. That's what grace is. Christ's power in us is Christ in us. That's what the grace of God really is. And it is is unmerited favor. It's certainly that. It's God doing it for us. That's what grace is. So you see, you know, and I think probably most of you have heard messages before that grace and truth are like Siamese twins in the Bible. They always come together. Uh, But truth, all right, we're talking about truth. Truth does not, listen to this, truth does not refer to words spoken about Christ. That's not the truth we're talking about here. We're talking about truth being Christ himself. There's a big difference between words spoken about Christ, okay, and Christ himself. A whole big difference. So we're not, because words spoken about Christ are information, okay? Now, this is where I want to go with this. I'm not talking to you, when I'm talking about truth today, I'm not talking about information. I'm talking about something, because information does what? What does information do? It informs us. It gives us some, you know, some, some knowledge data. That's all it does. It never will cha- information will never change your life. It will not do a thing to change your life. I know lots of facts that have never affected me. Okay? But the truth, revelation, changes a person. Revelation will transform a person. So that's what we've got to go for. So when I'm talking about truth, I'm talking about that kind of truth. I'm talking about revelation knowledge. I'm talking about truth that has been spoken to you by God. Because, see, you can know doctrinal truth and it not have any effect on you. Listen, this is the truth about me. I knew doctrinal truth for, for years about the grace of God, and it had zero effect on me. It had no effect on me. Yet I understood it. I understood what the Bible said about it, but I, had, I didn't have revelation on it. And because I didn't have revelation on it, it did not appreciably affect my life. Are you all with me? 
So we're, we're talking about getting something from God that's going to change your life, not just some information that somebody has told you. Even though the information is good information, and it's good to talk about that information, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't come as revelation, it's not going to help you ultimately. So what's going to happen? You're going to have this great informational message. You're going to walk out there in the world and try to make it work, and then it won't work, and you're going to get frustrated. And eventually, some of us say, well, this stuff can't be right. You're going to backslide, or you're going to get cold and hard-hearted. Are you with me? Here's one of the worst examples of this I have ever had in my life. Is there was a guy, I got this phone call one night, this guy, they found him, his wife found him hanging in a tree in his backyard at the end of a rope. And it's like a minute before he was going to be permanently, he's going to die or have brain damage. So they wanted me to go and talk to this guy. I mean, he was, had a lot of problems, obviously, if he was trying to kill himself. So I went and I shared the gospel with him, told him exactly about who Jesus Christ is, who we are, told him what his situation was in life, how condemned he was apart from Christ, went through the whole thing, how much God loved him and died for him, all the whole, you know, the whole stories. And he looked at me and said this to me, as sincere as he could be, I wish I could believe that. That's what he said to me. I wish I could believe that. And when he said that to me, it shocked me. I thought, you can't believe that? And I said, well, I don't know what to do to help you if you can't believe it. I said, this is, this is what I told him, the last thing I told him. I don't know whatever happened to the guy, really. I said, read, you got a Bible, right? Yes, I have a Bible. Actually, he was in an institution that had Bibles there. I said, read the Gospel of John and just say to God, is this stuff true or not? Make it, if it's true, you've got to tell me it's true. You see, the guy, all I gave him, all he heard was information. It did him no good. It didn't save him. For whatever reason, I mean, I don't know, he didn't see it. He did not see the truth. Therefore, he didn't get saved at that moment. I'm trusting God, you know, that God saved him. Now turn over to John 8. Are y'all, are y'all with me so far? So what, you know, we want, really want this revelation from the Lord. Now here's the test. Okay, this is the, the, the biblical test for what I'm, what I'm saying to you. Um, John chapter 8. I'm going to read verse 31. Uh, then Jesus said to those Jews, remember he was talking to those Jews there, specific, if you abide my, my word, you are my disciples indeed. That's cool. And you shall know the truth. This is, all right, now he's talking about, and the truth shall make you free. That's what he said. Now, here's the test. How many truths have set you free? Okay? I'm telling you. Think about all the messages you as a Christian have heard in your life. 